Welcome to today's episode of the Insurance Life and Everything in Between podcast. My name is Adam Bersan. And I'm Chris Smith. If you've yet to do so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with a friend or colleague. We greatly appreciate your help and support. Today, we're going to be talking about how to earn at least $200,000 in 2024. And there's a few reasons why I decided it'd be a good idea to put this together. Well, one, I mean, we have agents who are writing that kind of business, who are earning that kind of income. And why not teach other people how to earn that sort of income? But also just the fact that everything costs so much more money these days. The average income, I even saw an article that like the median income in our country is is getting close to $100,000. I mean, that's the average family earning $100,000. And we're going to go through a slide here too that kind of shows the expenses in that. And just like I said, our money's just not going as far. I've done trainings in the past talking about how you can earn over $100,000 in a year. And to be quite honest, I mean, I think anybody could be doing that in final expense. And it really isn't that difficult if you have the leads. But I just wanted to take it a step further today and and show you guys the, the possibilities of really what could be and how you can earn 200000 or more in a year. And we're going to break it down. And when you see the numbers, it, it really is not that tough as long as you're consistent with a lot of this. How you doing this morning, Chris? Another busy Monday. I don't think I have a single free minute in today, but I think that's actually a pretty good thing. Happy to be here. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for for coming on today. Appreciate it. So anyways, how to earn 200000 in in 2024. I mean, we are just, what, three weeks away? Two weeks away? Two weeks away from, from a new year. I mean, God, the, the year just flew by. This was something that I found that, I thought was interesting too. The average monthly expenses for a family of four in the United States is $8,500. That's, that's average. That's average for a family of four. We're not talking about all the extra stuff either. Like that's just to get by. That's like you have a mortgage, you have other expenses, you have groceries, I mean, average monthly expense, $8,500 in, in the U.S. right now. So in a year, that, that's $102,000. So like I said, I've done trainings in the past to teach agents how to earn 100000 in a year. That's just not enough money these days, especially if you have a family and you have a mortgage and you have other expenses and you have, you have pets, you have dogs. I mean, heck, dog food's expensive. I mean, I mean, it, it just, it all adds up. You have kids maybe that are, maybe going away to school, going away to college. I mean, that's another added expense over and above just this 102. So, you know, like I said, our money just isn't going as far as it used to. And that's where I need to be able to teach you guys how to make more than just $100,000 in a year. Wouldn't you agree, Chris? I mean, to afford a sweatshirt as nice as yours, you definitely need to make over (laughs) $102,000 a year. And I appreciate you guys watching it, like it, comment, share, post it on your own page, post it on a better page. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that as you're talking about goal setting, now it's the time to study, not goal set in January, not goal set in February. Do it now. This is the kind of stuff that is really super relevant to this time of year. Yeah, it's time to get and get things moving. That's why, like, I mean, it was either do it today or 
I almost feel like doing it after the new year is too late. We need yeah. to get this. Yeah. We need to get this out there before the new year. So agents can start to, to kind of plan ahead and get, get ready for the new year. And, and you know what? And again, we're talking about average. I mean, who wants to be average? Like I said, I mean, those sort of expenses, especially you got to plan for more, you got to plan for more than just the, the average, you know, and that's, you know, even myself, I mean, I have a, you know, I got a pretty good size mortgage. I got four kids. I have, so, you know, the average for a four, a family of four, I'm a family of six. Plus I have three dogs. <laughs> I mean, it just, the, the expense adds up. I mean, that, that 102,000, that's for a family of four. I'm a family of six. Plus we're not even talking about all the extracurriculars. Like, you know, my kids they are, they're in cheerleading, marching band, music lessons, other sports and activities. I mean, that's just, it's a lot of extra stuff. And I think a lot of people are kind of in the same boat where their kids are involved in things and it all costs money. So we got to figure out ways to make more. So what's it going to take to earn over $200,000 in 2024? You know, Chris, right off the bat, you know, he mentioned setting goals is essential. I think it's important to have something that you're going to be working towards setting that annual goal, a monthly goal, a weekly goal, and breaking it all the way down into like a daily goal and, and just being consistent and sticking with it. And, you know, you know, Chris, I know we talk a lot about how we break the numbers down to simplify things and maybe to make the numbers not feel as big as they, they are. We talk about, you know, heck, if you want to write 6,000 in premium for the week, that sounds like a lot. And a lot of agents might be like, man, I just, I don't think I could write that kind of business 6,000 in premium on, you know, these small whole life policies. That's a lot to have to do. But if you break those numbers down, 6,000 in annualized premium, that's $500 of monthly premium. So all that really is, is $250 apps a day or one $100 app Monday through Friday to hit 6,000 in the week. So it's really not as hard as it, it sounds if you break those numbers down a little bit easier, but then, yeah, you have to have that weekly goal, the monthly goal, and then all the way up to the, the annual goal. And like I said, I just, I think that you always, if I go out for a week in the field and I don't have a goal, like set in my mind, I don't feel like I'm as productive. When I, when I have that goal set and I know how much I want to write that week and I usually set my goals pretty high, you know, maybe, and more than likely I'm not going to hit the goal because I, I set my goals pretty high. But like I always say, I would rather hit the silver, you know, and shoot for the gold, than hit the gold and always hit the gold. Cause if I hit the gold all the time, that means I'm setting my goals too, too low. So yeah, you know, once you have that goal set, just stick with it and and go out in the field and have those goals. If you don't, I, I, I really don't feel like you're going to be as productive out there. Yeah, I think it's important. And I'd appreciate it if you guys are watching, what's your personal goal? What's your weekly goal? Maybe what's your monthly goal? Where does it come from? Maybe if you want to share some of that in the chat below, whatever method in which you're watching us, that would be helpful. But what Adam says, I do slightly different, but I think that's why we do good trainings together. I like my goals to be achievable, achievable, but also based on my finances, like writing 10 K just to write it is meaningless if it didn't have a purpose behind it, but writing 5 K because that 5 K pays your bills every week is, is really way more important to get. So my goal is always a minimum. And I always write more than this. Let's be clear, but a minimum of $417 a month of monthly premium over the course of a week. 
And as soon as I know that goal is hit, I know that everything else in life falls in line. And by looking at it daily and then weekly and then monthly, I don't even know if you said quarterly, but I took it into quarters as well this week, which is even more fascinating. That annual goal is, is almost so much more achievable. Yep. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, like I said, you just got to kind of break it down in, into smaller numbers. And then, you know, you got to be willing to put the time in. We talk about work ethic. I mean, that's essential. Yeah, you have to be willing to put the time in. You can't say, I want to write 250000 in premium next year and, and only get out in the field once a week. It's not going to happen. Uh, you got to be willing to put the time in. You got to know going in that you gotta, you're going to have to put that time in. And maybe that means that you're going to have to maybe sacrifice other things a little bit more to be able to achieve the goals that, that you want to hit. You got to be willing to bet on yourself. You know, you got to remember, I mean, we are, for the most part, everybody in the business, most people are self-employed. You're, you're basically running your own business. You know, there's not, not really many business, if any, out there where there's no expense involved. I mean, you couldn't open up a convenience store and not put any product on the shelves to sell. You're not going to go up for it, not open the yeah. store at all. Exactly. You got to be willing to invest into your business. And we're not going to talk a whole lot about that part of it today, but we are going to, again, just kind of simplify things down. And I mean, you're going to see, I mean, it, 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 once we break these numbers down, it's really not as hard as it, 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 as it seems. And, you know, and that's not to say that it doesn't take a lot of hard work because it does. I mean, now, Chris, I mean, what do you, what do you usually average in premium or production yearly? Well, weekly, I tend to average about seventy five hundred in final expense, and then anywhere between three five to ten Medicare Advantage enrollments. But let's just say seventy five hundred a week tends to be my average over forty nine weeks, and anywhere between three sixty seven and and four hundred thousand submit tends to be right where I fall. And I think what's important is that when you say hard work, we also level with ourselves. Like we're not digging ditches. We're not building buildings. We're not putting out fires or capturing criminals. We're going in our car or sitting at our desk and we're driving and we're getting out and we're walking up to a door and we're sitting down and we're talking. Then we're doing the same thing and we're talking to somebody else. Like, let's be real with ourselves. Our hard work pales in comparison to what some people are doing for a third of the wage. So you absolutely can do it if, if you really want to. Yeah. And you know, we're not going to get into so many like tips on what it's going to take to have a successful 2024, because the last two weeks we did trainings, how to have a long-term successful career. We went over 25 different points that we kind of broke each one down of how to have that long-term successful career. That's, those are the same things that are going to help you to have a successful 2024. So we're not going to get into a whole lot of detail on that. You can always go back and watch those trainings. These are just some of the main ones, I would say. Be consistent following through with everything that we teach you today. Chris, if I was a, if I was a personal trainer, and let's say that you came to me and you said, Adam, I want to I lose, not to say that you need to, but let's just say that you said, I want to lose 20 pounds next year. And, or maybe this past year, you said that you, you wanted to do that. And, and we said, okay, let's put together a, a program. Let's do some training. Let's, you know, watch your diet. And let's say that you, 
you followed everything that I, I taught you and I showed you and you lost those 20 pounds. And then once you lost those 20 pounds, let's say that you said, you know what, Adam, I'm good. I'm good. I lost the 20 pounds. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty well set now. And, and then from there, maybe you kind of went back to some of your prior habits, maybe the things that you were doing now you're not doing anymore. Maybe you're not working out as often. Maybe you're not eating as much because you already lost those 20 pounds. What, what's going to happen? You know, what's funny is that's exactly what happens to, I'd say, half <laughs> final expense agents. They figure out exactly what it needs to take. They lose their 20 pounds, or maybe they put $20,000 in their bank account. They figure out the basics of the business because it's extremely basic, and then they stop showing up. And then all of a sudden, they blame somebody else or look for somewhere else or shop around for something else. But the problem is, is they just stopped showing up. You know, when I, I do go to the gym, I don't go as often as I can because it's literally impossible to squeeze any more hours out of the day. But what they do is they track okay, this is what you did last week. This is what you did this week. This is what you can do next week. And they're looking for these small measurable improvements, but they'll also say, well, if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. And if you only show up some of the time, very little's going to happen. Or if you show up as often as you do, which isn't enough, it's going to take even longer for it to happen. So very transferable gym analogy based into final expense. Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, I mean, how many people start the new year and that's the first thing, Oh, I got to get back to the gym. I got to get back to the gym. I got to lose some weight and they go for six weeks and they start to see results and then they just start to slow down. Six weeks. Uh, six weeks. Yeah. If they I mean, had gone just, six weeks, it would be a habit and then they'd be stuck into it. They hardly show up for six days. Yeah, you're probably right. And that's, again, I mean, I think the same thing with our business, once you start, you just got to be consistent with it. Like I said, you know, we can't sit here and take the time to show you guys what is necessary to be successful and what it's going to take. And then you guys start kind of following what we teach you. But then by week two or three, you're like, I'm good. In order to earn the type of income that we think you should be able to earn, you got to be consistent and follow those steps every single week. And by doing the same thing every single week, you're going to have a very good year. But if you deviate from the system or from what we teach you, you, you should not be able to expect the same results. For those of you that are watching or, or listening off of the a different platform, check out the same Insurance Life and Everything in Between Facebook group page. And they, they kind of coincide with one another. People that listen to the podcast, they join the group and people that are in the group join and follow the podcast. So, you know, they kind of work hand in hand with one another. They're just there to help and teach and do what we can to help agents and people just get better. Yeah, there's a lot of updates and news that gets posted there because this time of year, you're going to see products change, rates change, products come, products go, changes in the FCC and how lead generation is going to be changing. There's so much important news. If you're not paying attention to stuff, you're deliberately setting yourself behind. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine these days things were a lot different for me when I first got in the business, but these days yeah, you really do have to stay up to date with a lot of this stuff. Just there's so many more rules and regulations. And I mean, heck, even the agents that are doing Medicare, I feel like that stuff every year, that stuff is changing and you just got to kind of stay up to date with everything. But anyways, did you know that if you work 25 leads a week, 
every week and you are only able to set appointments on half of them and you are only able to sell half of your appointments. Okay, so think about that for a minute. 25 leads a week. You're only setting up half. So let's just say you're setting 12 appointments off of your 25 leads. And then you're only selling half of those appointments. So that's six sales on 25 leads. You will earn $274,560 in 2024. Isn't that crazy? Like that does not sound that difficult to work 25 leads. I mean, and you're only setting up half of them. Like people will get discouraged if they only set up half appointments. I only set up, you know, I had 25 leads and I wasn't even able to get a hold of all of them. You know, you set half of them and you sell half of those. Almost $275,000 in commissions coming in just and off of that. I just and it's not even door knocking the ones you couldn't set or the week before, the week before that, or the husband and wife or the lady on the porch next door. Like that's just as simple as you can make it. That's incredible. Yeah, that's it. And the numbers, they, they add up, but the key is to have that steady flow of leads. You know, we look at, you know, 25 leads, 12 appointments, again, six sales. Well, I, I kind of look at average sale about 800 in annualized premium these days. So figure six sales going to put you at about 4,800 in premium for the week, 52 weeks. You know, you do that for an entire year. You're looking at almost 250,000 in premium at the average street level commission of 110%, you're looking at almost $275,000 in, in commissions. And it's all about consistency and just having that steady flow every single week. Like I said, not shifting gears and, and doing something else, but just, just staying focused on, on maybe setting a day every week. This is the day that I'm going to order my leads. And always have that day. I have an alarm that goes off on my phone that just reminds me, okay, time to order leads. Just so I remember. But you just every week you got to be placing that lead order. And and again, if you don't do it, just like going to the gym and maybe you try it for a few weeks and then you stop because you're tired of spending money on leads. Well, then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're you're gonna end up not making as many sales. So you got to have the leads coming and you got to build up. We talk about the inventory that you got to build up. This gets easier the longer you do it. And maybe the first week you're going to have 25 leads and you're not going to set up 12 appointments on them, but then you order 25 more leads. I'd be real surprised if you can't set up 12 up appointments that following week. And then the week after that, and then the week after that, it's probably going to get to the point where you're going to be able to set up a lot more than 12 appointments in a week. To me, that's you, like the bare minimum. When you do it enough, you end up with stacks of leads like this. And my nine-year-old could set 12 appointments off of this. Like, let's be realistic. But th this is just like the front seat of my car. I was putting on a spreadsheet this morning for organization purposes. That's not the trunk, the attic, another zip code. Like, this is just one portion of Philadelphia and one portion of Cecil County, Maryland. Like, let's be realistic here. You can do so much if you just don't give up and you're describing it perfectly here. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it's about investing in yourself and just the consistency, having that steady flow every single week. And then, you know, let's just say as time goes on, you want to bump it up to 30 leads a week, which again, very doable, but 
you start making sales, you're earning those commissions and you just decide, I want to maybe invest a little bit more into my business. Well, and you're going to get a little bit better. So I don't see any reason why you can't set 16 appointments when you have 30 leads coming in. And still, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to show you minimal stuff here because I think that, again, when you're building up that inventory of leads, I mean, there's no reason you can't set up more than that, especially if you are setting up appointments on the hour. And we're talking about direct mail leads. We're talking about leads that are close together, that are all within like maybe one or two zip codes that you're ordering where you're able to see a lot of people throughout the day. We're talking about, there's no reason you couldn't even set up appointments on the hour. So you know, we're going to be talking about that. You can set up appointments on the hour and not to say you're going to be able to set every single hour. If you can, great. But if not, well, I mean, you're going to have plenty of leads to door knock as well. But I mean, I think even at, tw at 30 leads, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to set at least 16 appointments for the week off of those. And that should bring you eight sales off of 30 leads. So 6,400 in premium, 52 weeks, you're looking at 332,800, but that same commission, almost $370,000. So again, it's just about the consistency. This doesn't happen if you do it one week, we're talking about the whole year and just doing the same thing every single week, week in, week out, not making any changes, not making any adjustments. I'm guilty of it. I mean, I've gotten off of direct mail leads and have done Facebook leads and other lead generations. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm, I'm never as successful. What, if something works, there's no reason to, to try to change or fix it. There's a reason that maybe direct mail leads cost a little bit more. Really, it's just based off of the rate of return and returns aren't what they used to be. So you got to spend more for the leads. But in the end of the day, time is money too. And if I can sit down with more people throughout the day because my leads are five minutes apart compared to a half hour apart from each other, well, that just means that I'm going to make a lot more money and it's worth the added investment. You know, Adam, one of the other cool things you can do in 2024, and I'd encourage somebody that's on this call, this video chat, this podcast to consider it, is sales blitzes. Like you can go out maybe two times maybe three, maybe if you love it, four times over the course of the year and do a sales blitz where you get an inordinate amount of direct mail, 60, 70, 80 leads in an area. We have them, areas like Los Angeles, areas like Philadelphia, Southern Texas, where we just have extra inventory that some agent boned us with. And you take that amount of leads, 60, 70, 80 leads. I did it in Southern Louisiana, 36 appointments, off of 70 leads, sat with 34 of them. Everybody was home. It was the pandemic. Maybe those odds were slightly skewed in a sit ratio and wrote 22,000 in pure final expense premium in four days. It's just the numbers, really. It's just leads, days, appointments, premium. There was no fancy skill involved. A lot of people were home. I looked out there, but I would encourage people that if you need to bulk up your activity, Test your limits, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your hometown, get into an area where you have leads because you don't have any. Going on a sales blitz might sound extremely uncomfortable, but you're going to see really what you're capable of in those situations. Well, you know, another thing, Chris, when you do something like that, there's a lot less distractions when you're away from home for a few days and 
all you're focusing on is work. And there's also that urgency to make those sales because you don't know when you're going to be back in that area. So it's going to help you even when you're out seeing the people. If they tell you that they can't meet with you that day to come back, I can't. Like (laughs) I live across the country. I'm here for two days. We can't do it today. We're never going to be able to do it. So it does kind of create that urgency on the agent side of it to, to really push to make those sales and be productive. You know, and I've done it. You know, I'll go up two, three hours away to even like parts of Wisconsin and work for a few days and write 6,000 in premium pretty easily in just a day or two. But it's because I know, I don't know when I'm going to, I'm going to be back up that way. I have to leave so, Wisconsin. You want to go to Wisconsin? What's that again? I think oh, we story in Wisconsin and back. Okay. Yeah. If not myself, I know I probably have some people that yeah, will take it's them. Just, so. It's just amazing when you get out of your comfort zone and test yourself, you see what you're truly capable of. And 200,000 becomes even more doable with these little mini blitzes where you drop 10K in a week and 10K in another week. And before you know it, you're, you're buying that many leads in your own home territory because you could see what you could do with it. You know, and then referrals too. you know, just kind of wanted to break that down real quick. You know, if you're working the 25 leads and let's just say that off of those six sales, you get one referral from each one of those people. So you would get six referrals. And if you only wrote one of those referrals out of the six, that one extra sale each week, that's going to earn you an additional $45,760 in annual income just by getting that one extra sale every week. And those are free leads. So you're not even investing any more money into the business. All you're doing is simply maybe taking five minutes at the end of uh, your your sale to to get a few names from the person. And we're talking about just one referral from each person and you're only writing one of them. I'm trying to show you minimal numbers here because, I mean, if you're making six sales, you're more than likely going to get more than one referral from each one of those people. And more than likely, you're going to write more than one piece of business. But just one single extra sale every week from you opening your mouth and asking for a referral is going to earn you another 45000 in income at, at zero additional expense. Asking one extra question opens up so much more income. It's stupid. And what you're also not figuring in, because this is so simple, which is equally impressive, is that referral that you pick up from Miss Betty because you sold her sister. just maximize the persistency on both of those pieces of business because Betty doesn't want to cancel what her sister got because her sister liked them and he sent her over and they kept it. And the, the referral builds that block of business with rebar. Not It's just people don't even realize that because it's hard to make that tangible. But not only does referrals do that, but if you place multiple pieces of business in the home with multiple people, the whole home isn't going to cancel everything all at once. Like that's just, it makes what you write so much more persistent. Well, Chris, you know, people, you'll see, you'll see all over Facebook groups asking about different opportunities and are there free leads? Mm-hmm. Do you want free leads? The best way to get free leads is to ask for referrals. You know what? The referrals are free. And you know, the, that extra money that you're going to make off of those referrals, that's going to pay for your leads every week. That's how you get free leads. 
So, you know, it's really not that, that, that difficult. You, you, you simply ask a question, you get some names, you're, you're writing those referrals. And then, like I said, that money can be reinvested. That's going to be the money that's going to pay for your leads every week. So essentially your leads are free, but it just got to ask that one simple question. It's, it's mind boggling how many people don't ask for referrals and just the money that they're walking away from, but then they'll sit around complaining about how they, they're tired of spending money on leads. Do you talk about it all to build referrals or to get that downstream type referral business, things like thank you cards? So incredibly simple to automate that nowadays. Programs like Thanks.io and send out cards. You load a sheet, it sends out cards. You put money in the machine and it comes out with thank you cards. Super simple. Business card magnets. If you're not marking your territory, you're missing opportunities. Adam, I find business card magnets from six different business cards ago that I used to use from still on people's fridge. Like I was in a home, I wrote a $160 application last Wednesday, and they took my business card from where they used to live to where they moved to where they live now. And that's probably why they contacted me and not 1-800-INSURANCE to add on coverage. That's a referral. I mean, really, in a way it is. Are you sending out birthday cards? Are you delivering the policy and asking for referrals? It's just like one little bit more makes you that 200K. But doing less and lazy work gets you exactly where you are. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, we're, and we're showing agents how just strictly focusing on the leads is going to get you over that 200. But then again, the referrals, that just extra commissions, extra income that's going to cover your expenses. So, I mean, definitely. And like you said too, I mean, with the magnets, every time that person's walking to their fridge, there's, there's, you know, they're staring at you, you know, they're staring at your name or whatever. They're reminding, they're reminded of, of you. I mean, people have given me business cards. I'd probably lost half of them, but if, you know, if a business card is on a magnet, you're putting it on your fridge, it's right in front of you. And you're not going to lose it. If you have a friend that asks about insurance, you know, I've talked about too, my business card, I put a QR code on the back with my contact information so they can, the, the client, they can uh, basically put their camera from their phone over the QR code. It's going to add me into their contacts and same thing. If they have friends over whatever, or maybe they just have it in their wallet here, just put your camera out. It'll save the, my contact information into anybody's phone and then they can call me or just another way to kind of get the name out there. Yeah, business card magnets are so easy. And I always jokingly say to people, you're probably going to, you might lose your policy, but you won't lose your fridge when I put my magnet on your fridge. And they all laugh because yeah. it's the truth. They haven't lost their fridge. They might get a new fridge. They might move, but you get the joke. And then just the, the schedule. How do we make this all work? How do we fit this into our week? There's a few different ways to go about doing it. I think that you need to set aside two days to focus on setting up appointments and keeping up with your business or hire an appointment setter. Now, an appointment setter, they're not going to keep up with your business, but they will help you with setting up the appointments. I think that we talk about the money that we make, the, the business that we write. We also need to focus on the fact that not all of it is going to stay on the books. We have to focus on the fact that People maybe fall behind on a payment or they miss a payment. We got to keep up with that. If we don't keep up with that, we're not going to earn that 200,000 plus. 
because then you're having to deal with chargebacks and everything else. So you want to make sure to keep up with your business. And I think it's a good idea to at least spend a day or two to, to focus on setting up the appointments and also keeping up with your business, contacting clients where maybe their premium was missed. A lot of times the client doesn't even realize they laid, they missed a premium payment. And they're thankful that somebody got in touch with them to let them know so they don't lose their policy. And then, like I said, or hire an appointment setter for your appointments. But if you're doing it yourself, I would say you call on Monday for Tuesday and Wednesday. Call on Thursday for Friday and Saturday. The reason I say that, you call on Monday. Well, you want to try your best to set up all day on Tuesday. And, and Wednesday, if need be. So if, if really, if, if you are not able to set up much on Wednesday, you set up your whole day on Tuesday, well, then maybe use Wednesday as your next call day to set up your whole day on Thursday. And, and again, you need at least two or three days out in the field to, to make that happen. You like, like I said, right now, I mean, I, I work three days out in the field, have three full days of appointments set, and it's enough to be able to write anywhere from on average, six to 10,000 every week in premiums. So can do it with three days. New agents, you probably want to be out in the field a little bit more, but again, you still got to be able to set that time aside to set appointments or or hire an appointment setter to do it for you. If you hire someone to do it for you, really that means that you can end up ordering more leads and and having more appointments set because you're not going to have to take that time yourself to do it. And heck, if you want to be out in the field, five or six days a week, you could do it. And you could probably write half a million in premium if you really wanted to. Yeah. That week where I wrote 22,000 of pure final expense business without a single existing client add-on kind of situation, it was all built on the back of a lot of leads, getting out of your comfort zone, getting in front of people, and also an appointment setter. At some point you have to decide if I'm going, if you're going to outsource and scale your business or continue to operate as a one-man dog and pony show. It's up to you. It's your business. But when you start delegating out tasks, you can do more things. You have to delegate or disregard or delay. Like You have to make these business decisions and not operate as if you're a hobbyist if we're going to make that kind of money. Adam, if we're talking $200,000 a year, we're talking the kind of money that you know your average lawyer makes. And your average lawyer has a paralegal, has a secretary, has an answering service, has a staff that does stuff with them. You're $200,000 a year. You're talking about you know, a skilled dental professional, general practitioner. Do they run their office by themselves? No, no. They have other people that help them run their office. So if you're going to make big money, you have to be willing to make big decisions too. And hiring people to help you do it or working with organizations that have those type of resources really can take you to that next level. Well, and again, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day right now with what I'm doing. I mean, heck, if, if I was trying to call and set up appointments myself, I wouldn't have time to be doing trainings. I wouldn't have time to be doing YouTube stuff. I wouldn't have time to be doing the podcast. I mean, wouldn't have time to be working with agents. I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure out ways to fit all of that into a a day. I mean, and there's days I'm up until one and two in, in the morning working on stuff, but I need to get some sleep. If, you know, if I, if I was setting up appointments myself, it would be impossible. So yeah, you definitely have to get to the point where you're, you're having, and I'm getting to the point where 
there's tasks that I'm doing every day that I'm going to have to start paying other people to do because it just gets to be a little much. But yeah, you know, that's part of the business as you build and grow. And this is any business, like you said, a lawyer, I mean, heck, any business out there, you get to the point where you you need help and you can't be afraid to 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 get help. That's just how you're going to get bigger and better. So, so yeah, brand new agents. I think you should probably take the time to to do it yourself and to mm-hmm. learn it and figure out what works for you. From there, then maybe hire an appointment setter. But but yeah, you know everything takes time. First first start making some money before you start reinvesting too much into your business. It's one thing to pay for leads, but paying for leads plus the appointment setter, it could get to be a lot. Yeah, you got to learn how to do the thing before you outsource the thing. Because what if the appointment setter calls in sick? What if they can't set any appointments? What if they die? I've had it happen. It's tragic, but you can't let it destroy your business. You have to be able to do the things you're outsourcing. How else are you going to teach it? You know, how are you going to teach exactly. someone to do something if you don't know how to do it yourself? So be willing to delegate, but also learn how to do the thing too. And then, you know, like I said, you know, and then call on Thursday to set Friday and Saturday. This doesn't have to. The great thing about our business is that you can set your schedule however you want. But when you have those leads, you got to make sure that you're able to set up those appointments. And again, the goal, I'd say, set up at least half of the leads that you have coming in every week. So figure out ways to make that happen. But I think that you got to be out in the field at least three or four days a week in order to, to hit that, that 200,000 for the year and set up appointments on the hour. Like I said, if we're focusing on the direct mail leads, there's no reason that you can't set up a nine o'clock, a 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and then figure what 12, one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you could set, you could honestly set up 10 appointments in a day if you're doing it on the hour. And when Mm -hmm. you build up that inventory, could you imagine if you're out there working three, even three days and you have 30 appointments set, and if we're talking about bare minimum, that would mean that you're going to write 15 pieces of business on 30 appointments. That's a lot of premium for the week. Yeah. So I think d- definitely doable when you build up that inventory of leads. People get afraid when you talk about setting appointments on the hour that they're going to be late for the appointment. Well, let me enlighten you on something. It's not an American Airlines flight. It's not a Norwegian cruise. It's not a Amtrak plane. It's not a train. It's not the start of a Cubs game. It's a final expense appointment. And guess what? A third to half of your appointments ain't going to be there. And when you set them every hour, you're going to run late on some. Some aren't going to be there. Go to the next one. It works. When you set them every two hours or longer apart, you get no-showed. You're no-showed for almost a third of your day at that point. So the more appointments you set in a day when you're no-showed for an appointment, you literally don't care. You just go to the next one. And, and I, Adam, I've had days before where I had nine appointments. I sat with the first five or six people. I'm an hour and a half behind. And I pull up to a house thinking, I hope they're not here. Like, I honestly hope they're not here so I can get back on track with the day and maybe use the bathroom. That's yeah. what a fully scheduled day does. And when you're no-showed, it's no big deal. When you have one appointment or two and you're no-showed, you're, you're, that's a whole different kind of problem. Yeah. Yeah. More than enough is, is much better. Like you said, who cares if, if you end up running behind I mean, it's, I've had appointments 
blocked 90 minutes apart and same thing where you never know what you're going to run into. You run into a house and there's two or three people there maybe that, that need coverage. It ends up taking a little bit longer to get done. And then you end up being in that house longer than anticipated. And it does kind of mess up your schedule a little bit, but just move forward with it. Like you said, I mean, every once in a while you, you do maybe hope that one of the appointments isn't home to kind of get back on track. The great thing, if you called and set up those appointments, they answered the phone to either you or an appointment setter. So the likelihood that they're going to answer that phone again is pretty good, where then you can always move that schedule to another time if you have to. And most people are pretty understandable about it. If you're running behind, give them a call. Let them know what's going on. And here's the other way to look and at it. Too. You should be like able to get it reset. Your, your goal isn't to see how many appointments you can set in a week. It's how many you can sit on. So some people are afraid they have to hurry up and get to their next appointment. And they're thinking, I got to see, get to every appointment. They just have to get to as many people. There's no guarantee the next person's going to be there either. If you're sitting in front of a qualified buyer and you're progressing through a sales presentation, keep going. Don't just get up and leave because you have to make it to the next appointment. I love the one you're with. Yeah, don't rush through what you're doing because you're too focused on the next appointment. Get done what you got to get done while you're in that house before you move on to the next. And yeah, yeah, like I said, but yeah, having more than enough. I've I've seen where some agents, I, I I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I've seen where some agents would actually set up, they would just double book. They'd set up two appointments because they know going in that there's a chance that one's not going to be there. Yeah. It can be done, but you know that's almost maybe a little bit overkill. I'll tell you the way I handle that one, not to take up too much time for our one hour today, is if I'm setting appointments and I'm setting soft sets personally, because if I'm setting, that means the appointment setter didn't set enough appointments. and I'm probably driving home from the field, which is completely unsafe. But regardless, I'm setting soft sets like, hey, Adam, script, bang, bang, boom, 10 o'clock next. And I'll set 10, 11 on the hour, every hour, 10 to 6. And then I'll set like a 10 to 12 a 12 to two, like a a UPS style delivery. Uh, And I'll set them as B appointments. Or if I soft set you and I really don't get a good feeling about it, I'll double book you and then somebody else. Because if I'm working a confined area, one zip code, direct mail, you and him aren't going to be that far apart from each other. And if you're not there, right back in the car and go to the next one. So I'll set these like wide range blocks where it's, I'll be there between four and six today. Okay, no big deal. Four and six. B appointment in case four, five, or six isn't there. I got somewhere else to go. And if I don't get to them all, whoop de doo. If I sold enough premium, they'll be there the next time. There you go. You know, I see somebody posted too that, you know, they had two people get upset about missing an appointment. And then the next week they door knocked them and closed them. So yeah, it happens. Again, in I mean, heck, I mean, I, I, I talk about it all the time too. I mean, you could, you could be calling your leads and that's why I said, I, and I don't know if we're to that point on here yet, but anytime you have no shows, I think that might be the next part on here. Yeah. You know, work appointments and door knock, door knock, anybody who you couldn't get a hold of and anybody that rejected you over the phone to fill in those gaps between appointments. And when you have no shows, so you know, the way that they put it was a little bit different. The agent actually no-showed because they they kind of overbooked or 
got to the point where they just they couldn't they ran out of time for the day, but they were able to get back next week and be able to write those people. So, hey, there's a need there. I mean, people are filling the card out for a reason, right? So even if you can't reach them at the intended time, don't think that you can't go back. I mean, heck, they filled that thing out for a reason. Let's do what we can to get in touch with them. Here, here's another quick tip on how to make 200K in a year. It's these little like micro adjustments to your business. It's not these grand spectrum changes. Like if you're watching this thinking, I'm just looking for that one thing that's going to change it all. It, there isn't one thing. Sorry. It's these like little things we're talking about. If you go to your 10 a.m. appointment and they no show you, go back to them at the end of the day. They'll probably be home because they live there. They weren't there in the morning. They might be there in the evening. If they weren't there in the evening, go back to that same appointment slot the next day because they probably are going to be there. Just keep them in rotation that week and you'll find them. Just because they no-showed you doesn't mean they died. I mean, sometimes they did, but let's be realistic. They're going to eventually be home. Just go back later in the day and I'll move that 10 to 6. And guess what? Most of the time, that morning no-show was there in the evening. They feel bad. They let you in and you make the sale. Hey, there you go. Yeah, you can guilt them <laughs> and it works. So... Yeah. You know, like, like Chris said too, I mean, you know, this, there's not like a fine print, like you do this and then this, then this, you know, we can show you the basics of what it's going to take. And, but I, I'd say the main thing is just having that, that steady flow of leads and being consistent with that every single week, week in, week out and, and never falling off track with that. And that's, that's really the key. So that's, you know, that's really about all we had on the topic for today, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it's about having the leads, having that steady flow of, of leads on, on a regular basis. And we showed you the bare minimum. We showed you the bare minimum on 25 leads, setting 12 appointments and writing six of them. But if you do that every single week, that's putting you at over 275,000 in, in premium. Of course, you got to deduct from there. There's going to be some chargebacks, unfortunately. There's going to be some lead expense, but we also showed how to make up for that with the referrals. The, those few referrals every week will cover your lead expense every single week, where then you are, will still earn that, that 275000 even after expenses, as long as you're asking a few people for a few names. So... You have anything else, Chris, before we, before we sign off? Yeah. One quick question for you, since you posted Q and a, I think a lot of people struggle because they don't know how to control their own schedule because they're not used to not being an employee kind of thing. What kind of stuff do you really say to yourself? I mean, I can't go out in the field because blank has taken place. I think when people can kind of really decide what an emergency is and what isn't, they're able to really hit that 200K mark. So if you're if I'm making sense right now, when can you say, man, if that kind of a thing happens, today I can't go to work. But generally, I, I can control what is and what isn't an emergency. Yeah, I mean, any nine to five salary position, you can't just cut off work to cut off work. Most of the time, you got to have a pretty good reason. And you got to treat this like a career, not like a hobby. You got to be willing to put that time in. Like I said, you got to be willing to make some sacrifices. You know, we talk about not cutting off because you need a 
pick up a kid at school at three o'clock. Find someone else to do that. Don't be cutting off on Friday afternoon or on a, you know, on a Saturday because you got to cut the grass. Pay someone else to cut the grass for you. Little things like that. Don't do something that is going to end up costing you money. And what I mean, yeah, you're going to pay someone $30 to cut your grass, but that two hours that it took, that would have taken you to cut the grass, you could go out there and make a couple thousand dollars. So, so that's, you know, something too. And again, just kind of goes back to the whole work ethic and, and being consistent, just like we talk about going to the gym and you want to, you want to hit those goals of losing that weight. Well, once you lost it, if you, uh, if you just totally stop working out and go right back to the habits that you had prior to losing that weight, what's going to happen? You're going to put that weight right back on. You're going to go right back to, you know, to point A and then having to go right back around and do it over again. That's the last thing you want to do. You know, even in this business, you don't start it for a month and then decide things are good. I'm comfortable. I'm making some money. You're not going to keep making money if you deviate off of the, the, the plan. Way I look so, at it, delay, delegate, or disregard. Like, is this thing that, like, when it comes to tasks that you're going to encounter, do you need to get your oil changed on a Tuesday morning? No, no, you don't. You can delay it. Can you, do you need to do this, like, random task that you can delegate to somebody else? Probably. Like, is this something that I, in the sales position as the CEO of my company, need to do? Or is this an administrative, like, ask yourself those kind of questions and hold yourself to a higher standard. Cause if you're going to make 200 K in a year, you're going to have to hold yourself to a higher standard. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody for hopping on this morning. Hop on, uh, on YouTube. You can watch prior trainings. You can also get on the, uh, the podcast and all day when you're out in the field, driving around, working leads, working appointments, you can have some pretty good content to, to keep you occupied, to help you learn some, some things. Uh, like I mentioned, all these trainings as well as you know other discussions Chris and I have, there's other people that we have on as well that you can learn some pretty valuable pointers from. So, so check all that stuff out. I think it's only going to help you all get better, and that's the reason why we do this. And please share this with people who could use it. Lots of people out there uh, in this business, they're struggling. They need help. They're looking for places to turn to for help. This is free content. This is free information that other places, they might charge you hundreds or thousands of dollars for this sort of content. And we just provide it for free because that's the, just the type of people we are. We just, you know, Merry Christmas, everybody. And this concludes another episode of the Insurance Life and Everything in Between podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend or colleague. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please leave those too. Any input is greatly appreciated. Thank you.